0: I don't like chocolate pudding. I like vanilla pudding.
1: You sick bastard.
0: <laughs> I like vanilla, vanilla pudding. Yeah, thank you, Jay.
1: Oh, good. The the blandest person on the planet agrees with you. That's who you want by your side, Gordo. Well, it doesn't matter. Doesn't oh, matter. look at Mr. Excitement. He likes chocolate
2: pudding. Watch <laughs> out for this fucking rebel.
1: <laughs> I like the exciting flavor.
2: Vroom, vroom, chocolate.
3: Oh, <laughs> who brought the badass? <laughs> but I have mine is in a Go-Gurt square. It's different. It's for extreme.
2: Welcome back everyone to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just the first televised episode, and forgetting anything we might know about the future run of that show, rate it and decide if it's a show we want to greenlight or cancel. This week we're going to be talking about Titus. Titus went 54 episodes over four seasons on Fox. Today we're going to be talking about episode one, which was called Sex with Pudding, originally airing March 20th, 2000. So to get things started, I'm Jay Gags, with me as always, most of the boys... Joe, Gordo, and Ferg, what's going on, guys?
1: Hey, I'm Hi. looking
0: for a man named Pudding. So, predictable, huh? Yeah. You want me to be your girlfriend? Not yeah, your I think. girlfriend? We'll,
2: we'll certainly get into it. I think, <laughs> I think the twist was terribly predictable, but yeah. Yes. So, first off, what's going on, guys? How's everybody doing? Great.
3: Woof. Good. <laughs> Woof. Do you want to go some inside baseball on tonight's episode?
2: Yeah, I think we should explain real quick. So, as I say always in the intro to the show, The first televised episode. Now, this was a goof on my part, but unfortunately, only one man here suffered, and that was Joe. But depending on where you look up the episode list, I looked it up on Wikipedia. It reverses the first two episodes because for whatever reason, the DVD version flipped them. Because I think the episode I thought was the first episode was intended to be. So like on the DVD, there's an episode. Episode two is called Dad's Dead. That was the first DVD episode in order. But the actual first televised episode, as we do here, was Sex with Pudding. And to be fair, anybody
3: out there who hasn't seen Titus and might watch it to listen to our episode, watch episode two, Dad is Dead, first, and then watch this episode. Because it's the episode that makes the most sense to be the first episode. It introduces every character, gives all of their backstory and then makes this episode make way more sense than this just being a standalone oh. opening episode.
2: <laughs> well, good to know. I didn't I didn't end up watching that one because um, you guys caught it before I did all my notes, so...
3: Okay, let it, me just chime great. in for a second here, since I'm the only one who watched and took very extensive notes on the episode we weren't covering tonight. The entire episode centers around, they think Stacey Keach, the dad, is dead. So it's Titus and Dave in the house, and then it introduces Aaron and Tommy... And they do a backstory on all of their lives, how they've been friends with each other for years, how they've been dating for a really long time. It explains the dynamic of the whole group. It, like, is the perfect first episode of a sitcom.
1: They do that in this episode, too.
3: Not anywhere near like they do in the first episode.
1: And in this one, they go, that's my brother, he's my ride or die, blah, 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 blah. And then he goes, "It says the same about the friend.
2: Yeah,
3: it's very minimal, though. It's like a full backstory in each one.
2: And I want to say, before we even get any further, guys, go to S1E1Pod.com. That's where you can find all the links to everywhere you can follow us, all all our social medias. And I I don't think I ever really advertise this. If you listen to us, but you don't follow our Instagram, every week before we drop a new episode, we tell you what the next episode is going to be. So like, for example, now, if you're listening to Titus and you didn't know that this was going to be our new episode, you would have had an opportunity to watch it ahead of time. This way you could kind of follow along with us. I think I've failed to ever really mention that uh, almost two years in, but go to our Instagram again, S one E one pod, give us a follow there. And that's going to give you all the places where you can learn about um, our future episodes ahead of time. And then catch clips, video clips of everything we're doing now.
3: It's helpful too. If we do a wild card episode, that isn't something you may have seen before. So like, if you really wanted to watch baby talk, (laughs) <laughs> we covered <laughs> Baby Talk. You could have found that, right? Because otherwise, you wouldn't have been like, "Oh, I was the biggest fan of Baby Talk. I've seen
1: every episode. I watched it right. last week." Not to mention, a couple of weeks ago, we had a tie on a four-man one, and you would have got the results.
2: Yeah, it's the only way you would have known uh grounded For Life's results, which, since that is now posted on social media, it did end up passing uh thanks to Ferg's um, late entry vote. It was a great show. Great show. I gave it. Aye. I gave it a cancel. I, I, you know, go back and listen to that episode if you want to hear us talk about that one green light I went back
3: to try to rewatch it because I wanted to show it to Kelsey and we we're gonna really like we had nothing to watch one night. I was like we should watch the first two episodes of that and I knew it was on Amazon because it was film rise it's not on there anymore
2: wasn't it uh, mm, I can't remember where else it was it was on something But oh, whatever <laughs> that was a separate episode we'll, we're moving forward I think
1: it was on HBO max that could be
2: correct
3: I may have just not been able to find it then because of the third person hanging out with us
2: but bourbon
0: cat oh okay <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, come the cat?
3: No, come the cat was sleeping in his house, but bourbon the bottle was out on the kitchen table.
2: I can't find the episode. <laughs> but to go back into Titus, Joe,
1: that's the microwave you're watching.
2: <laughs> Ferg, you picked Titus. Uh, any particular reason you
1: wanted us to cover this show? I had great memories of this show. From like, I remember watching it when we were in school, and um, it was just one of those things because we do what we do. You kind of just. going through lists of sitcoms and I'm like oh shit I remember Titus because I really haven't thought of it in years and then um he was in Boston recently on a comedy tour Christopher Titus and my buddy went and I was like oh I should cover the show basically that's all that happened
3: this kind of took me back too because this premiered fall of 2000 which was the fall that was like us just going into freshman year of high school which is kind of wild
2: yeah and um for me like I remember watching the show and liking it remember basically nothing about it all i remember is like those negative space black and white talking head things he does and i remember it was a big part of the show i don't think i remembered it being this much of a part of the show but that's all i really remember when you mentioned the show titus
3: that first episode two goes even weirder like they do a, a gag in that other episode a couple times which i don't know if they repeat it but they would do like like at one time it was like angry bitch cam And it was like his girlfriend yelling, but it was from her point of view, set up like a camera, like you were looking through a camera. And there was like fist cam where like a fist came out of it and hit him. It was a really funny, like a weird, very of the time things to do, which I was kind of surprised they didn't do in the next episode.
2: You could see that like it's now it's funny because we are covering the first televised. But now knowing that the other episode was intended to be the pilot, you can kind of understand that they were probably testing a bunch of things, seeing what sticks, what doesn't like what people like
3: yeah and the black and white thing stuck and that was pretty much and the, and the uh, flashbacks is obviously a big part of the show
2: big part and, and you know we just mentioned we covered grounded for life and i feel like this was all just a sign of that era of television those early 2000s it was it was just happening a lot like that was just kind of the new flavor of yeah. sitcoms a lot of flashback flashback flashback
0: well narration i think was a big thing of that
3: yeah yeah narration's a big part of it and and wigs to make your hair look longer just to make the actor pretend they're younger
1: I have that noted because we talked about that specifically. I love that. I don't know. Why I like it on this show more than anything. I love
3: it because when they do it for Titus, they give him really long hair, but when they do it for Dave, they just always put a backwards hat on him. <laughs> like I love that so much more. Like he doesn't make sense with long hair for some reason. Like, but like a backwards hat is like a little
1: kid thing yeah. on TV tropes. I'll say this: the biggest crime of both episodes, the lack of the dad. Even though the the wrong episode that we watched is all about the dad, he's barely in it other than a couple flashbacks. And I just remember him being like the breakout character of this series. So the first two episodes he's barely in. And Stacey Keach.
2: Yeah, he only interacted with like Titus, not in like flashback child form. Like there's one flashback, which we'll talk about during the poker scene. That's the only time they're seen on screen together the entire episode.
0: No. Oh, oh, you mean the actual actor Christopher Titus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Because I was gonna say the other flashback. Not little kid Titus. Yeah, you know? there's
2: little kid there's a couple different little kid ones with him. <laughs> but this is the only time you actually see the two of them, like th- the two adult actors in the
0: episode together. I remember watching the show over house. That's a I oh, yeah. I remember this show from. And I don't remember a lot. I remember the black and white from it. but And I remember I liked,
1: but I have not thought
0: of this show in years. That's about all I have, yeah.
1: My main memory of that show is just one of the flashback clips of them just going, dune buggies! And then they're riding dune <laughs> buggies, and one of them would fly out the back, and the dad would laugh and just keep going. <laughs> for some reason that stuck with me all these years they just kept running that same clip and that's that episode i thought that was actually the pilot but apparently i was wrong
3: i'm glad to know that it's on youtube to watch but it's honestly one of those shows i like that I'd, I'd pay for it to download it to not have to watch it because the amount of ads they put in on the youtube video were egregious and i get it he has to make money for it he's putting it out for free i'm totally i like, with didn't it.
1: catch any that's weird yeah, i didn't have any ads
3: Oh, I watched. Did you not watch it with Christopher Titus, like introing it and talking about stuff?
1: No,
2: it's yeah, off no. his main. He has his main like YouTube channel. It just right from there. It just flows right through.
3: That's what I was watching. He did like an intro video. He was like in the mountains. It was during COVID, and he was like, "I'm alone in the mountains during COVID," and it was like from him. He was introing it.
2: Was it when he introed the Dad's Dad episode?
3: No, it was the. Um this one round two i forget the name of the episode is my brain is broken sex with pudding sex
2: with pudding
3: the pudding episode
0: no whatever Link Ferg gave us and i don't think that was his channel
2: well to go back no it was one of those things where when the pandemic hit i I don't know the ownership of the show he must own the episodes or something but
3: which explain why it's not on a streaming service yeah they released
2: they released the entire series on youtube so, every episode is in full. that's why it's like good quality. So for those of you who want to watch along after listening to this episode, you can find all of Titus on YouTube and like not bootleg copies like the actual full streaming episodes are available. So go check that out if you'd like. But yeah, I think, um, we might as well just start talking about the episode itself we've We've talked enough leading into it. so the show starts with like this it's a little overhead and it's uh, that black and white shot we talked about, and Titus turns on this light like the with the chain on it. I don't know if it was their name for that. I think it's just like a. The pull cord? Yeah, pull yeah. chain. And um that's like a big signature of the show. The show's all kind of intro and close with that light all the
0: time. Question. Did you guys like it when he was yanking the chain? Waka waka. You realize the week
3: I've had right now. This is the shit you're going to pull right now. <laughs> how <laughs> fucking dare you? I got pages
0: full of notes. <laughs> if you had to be a
3: pull chain, what kind of pull chain? How many <laughs> <laughs> inches would you be? It's
0: so a fuck off, a, Fuck off so hard. <laughs> Not very big. And the room itself, do you want to, how would you describe the room? It's like it, a basement with the chair, but it's not. It's like it's like something that you would um that you would like interrogate someone in.
2: Yeah, because it yeah. looks like the walls are finished. It almost looks like an empty room that would be like in a courtroom or <laughs> something. Not yeah, a like a but, police like, station. Yeah, something like that.
0: Like you're being interrogated.
2: It looks to be like a giant uh, old electric chair that has no electric stuff attached to it.
3: Yeah, that's the weird thing about the chair. There are so many latches and bolts in this chair <laughs> i'm like did they build a chair and then chop it into puzzle pieces and then put it back together again like why are we put it, why is this chair constructed this way it was an interesting
2: choice of chair
1: and it's like because it's all in black and white i almost feel like it looks like in like older movies when someone dies the way it like it was shot
2: yeah and do we know why they like stylistically chose this was there anything behind that i didn't read any notes pertaining to that in particular
3: I mean, Christopher Titus, a lot of this is based on his sort of one man show.
2: And a lot of this is based on his like actual real life to the point where I don't know if you saw his actual family members had like signed clearance letters because the characters portrayed are so closely related to their actual like human selves.
3: His actual dad was on set giving Stacey Keach pointers on how to be like his dad, which I think is fucking (laughs) insane, but pretty funny. But if you think of, like, those, like, one-man shows, like, sort of, like, Broadway, like, one light, like, one guy in a corner being, like, I could have been a contender. I got that same vibe.
2: It it has that old Broadway-y, like, type vibe. I did find it funny that his actual dad was on set, like, coaching because this whole show portrays how shitty of a father he was. (laughs) And it's like, no, I have to show you how to be, like, my actual shitty self. Yeah,
3: whenever he talks about, like, different stories, they really happened. So like in that first episode we didn't catch, he's like, oh, the car fellatio story with your dad and like all these things about his dad being a womanizer and all this stuff. It's like his dad's just on set being like, I didn't do it like that. I did it like this. You're like, OK,
1: man, sure, I guess it's like an on there's like an ongoing joke about that too. like when um they bring up an old like a story, I'll be like episode three, like it's coming up. Even yeah, yeah, it never does. But
3: like, I do appreciate that he calls out episodes and some of them just didn't happen the black and white thing in that weird panel room too weirdly reminded me like so Stacy Keach who plays the dad right he's been in 8 billion things i guess mostly we probably all know him from sergeant uh, sergeant Stadenko from the Cheech and Chong movies which like i don't know we watched those a bunch as kids and that's like a big thing he was in but he's been in a bunch of stuff like ever since then obviously but he's the like nazi gang leader in american history x and that's a movie that Starkly just goes into black and white out of nowhere all the time. So watching this, I just kept being like, I'm getting weird vibes from this movie. And Stacey Keach's apartment in that movie is like a sort of bare bones wood-paneled apartment where he's like, you know, Danny, when you go out there and you kill them, it's like, oh my God, this is weird. I'm getting weird vibes right now.
2: <laughs> to get into that scene that I'm saying, he turns the light on and he says, and he's talking to camera whenever he does these. They're like. They're kind of talking heads. It's like very monologue-like, but he's narrating to the camera. He says, when you're born, you're pure, unspoiled and trusting. I believed everything and everyone. Then I met my parents. And you get a flashback, and now we're back to color. So the only time anything's in black and white is when we have these little narration scenes with Christopher Titus. And we see his dad walking up to a young Titus, like not him playing a younger character, but like a child actor. And he's on the couch. And Titus is like playing with a Rubik's Cube. And he says, if a girl named Linda calls, I'm not home and don't tell your mother. He's like, yes, daddy. And he walks off. And then we see his mother walk up to him right after and say, if a man named Patrick calls, I'm not home and don't tell your father. And it's like, so we're getting a pretty good vibe for what kind of family life he was brought up in right away. Do you
3: know how hard it was to cheat on somebody or like be part of like a cheating couple when people only had landlines and lived with their spouse? Like, had some (laughs) extra work that had to go into it. You have to plan ahead.
2: <laughs> there's not a lot of room to pivot if something's going to change.
3: You couldn't just text you up to somebody yeah. and then be like, I have to work late. <laughs> just like, it's so much. I imagine it's so much easier now. I'm saying that as somebody who doesn't cheat and doesn't leave their <laughs> yeah. house, really. If anybody ever listens,
1: Kelsey. Ooh. You just get that fax. that boobs. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I just envision there's a lot of like times where there was like a meetup planned and then someone just ends up alone in a motel because something changed and it's like, well, two hours passed. I guess it's not happening.
3: Right. Like some, they, one of their kids had something go on or whatever. Right. And all of a sudden, you're just, yeah, you're at the, the no-tell doing nothing.
1: You're relaxing in the hot tub.
3: I feel like hookup hotels don't have hot tubs. I
1: guess it depends on the hookup. No, like you get those big hot hot tubs. Yeah. Those aren't hot tubs I want to be
2: in because they're <laughs> full of semen.
1: We're yeah. just saying they exist. Yeah. There's a hotel in
3: the Poconos still that's like famous for their like weird hot tubs and they've got the heart-shaped hot tubs but they also have one that's on the second floor. It's like a two floor room so it's got like a um almost like a balcony inside of it and the giant hot tub is like a special room there's only one of them but it's a giant martini glass so you're in the hot tub that's in the top of the glass and like the spine or what do you call it the stem of the glass goes all the way down to the first floor and it's like stupidly expensive and in the middle of nowhere in the Poconos and it looks really dirty and we've been looking at the website for like five years being like one of these days we're going we're fucking I've, I've going been shown,
2: I've been shown that before actually
0: fun fact my mother and father went to the Poconos on their hunting I don't know if that's where they went I will have to ask Mama Gordon
3: <laughs> just like say like Gordon was here in the room but like oh no <laughs> fun fact we had the same hot tub for 50 years like oh <laughs>
0: Now, if you have that martini glass stem, is there, is there, like, water in it? Yeah, yeah. So, like, you could theoretically poop down it, and the poop could oh, go God. down the stem. Okay, so, yeah, let's move forward now.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, so um, we cut back to Titus, who says, at five years old, I was a double agent. I had to be. Dad's been married five times, and I swear I would never be like my dad. Or my mom, or my mom, or my mom, or my mom. And instead, I've chosen to always give the benefit of the doubt and live in total trust. And then it immediately flashes to Titus with two people who we later find out are his brother and his friend. And they're um, in an elevator, like what I assumed was modern day. And he says, my girlfriend's boning some guy. And <laughs> his buddy, Tommy, says, you don't know that for sure. So the two people that are in there, like I said, we find out it's his brother and his buddy, Tommy. Did you guys see that when they were casting Tommy? So it's the actor that got the job, who I, unfortunately, I forgot to write it down.
3: Uh, David Shatra he's done a ton of TV stuff
2: okay so it was between him and Steve Carell were the two finalists to get the job
3: which then I thought of and I was like hey this show ended in 2004 so Steve Carell could have done the whole series as Tommy and then still done The Office which started in 2005
2: but would he be, even be in contention he might have been seen in a different light at that point that's true yeah and no, I thought that was interesting and his brother is the kid from A Christmas Story
1: say uncle say uncle
3: He's also in the Christmas story, Christmas, the new yep. movie that just came out. That I have not seen I cry that. At Like babies, I
0: have not
1: seen. that. Great, I will. I will try to watch that soon. He's also in Freddy vs. Jason as the brother. You know, he's always a brother. He's also
3: in Postal, the U. Bowl movie I was talking about, with like uh, where you see uh, Dave foley's penis and it's just like a fucking oh. totally insane movie
2: nice is that available on tubi it's probably <laughs> on tubi. i actually i
3: don't think tubi would do that i think that most of that is that guy's movies got taken off after he made the movie about the uh concentration camps and everyone was like okay buddy we think you're done now
1: we should try and get on tubi i mean i don't think they have tv it's for streaming movies and we're shows. a podcast go to its yeah. audio that's all right. Well, sure.
3: We can be a 2B original podcast only if we can finally meet Frank Thomas. I am gearing
1: up so hard to find a way to meet Frank. Yo, there's new ones now. And it's with Frank Thomas and um, I think Doug, Flutie. Doug Flutie's. Inside. Oh, my God. <laughs> like we brought Flutie Flakes into this now, too.
0: Joe, I feel like meeting Frank Thomas isn't that hard. I'm sure if you go to like. a
2: But he is. Thanks to all his testosterone. Yeah, I going
0: to
3: say he's going to see he's going to see
1: my non hard body and be like, I know what you need, little baby. One day, you'll be at a random gym with your wife, and I'll be like, hey, can I fuck your wife? Yeah, that's what he does. I'll have to be like, honey, you have to. It's Frank <laughs> Thomas. He can still hit it a mile. I was going to
0: say, can you still hit it?
3: <laughs> sure, only if you'll hit a couple dingers first. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I love this, like, headline of, like, the chapter of my autobiography. It was like, I traded my wife. What's that movie where he trades his wife for a million dollar sex night with, a. Uh, it's like Woody Harrelson. Indecent and, proposal. Indecent proposal, yeah. I do an indecent proposal, but it's just so I can throw the ball around with Frank Thomas <laughs> for five
0: minutes. And the funny thing is, is that you hate baseball.
3: Yeah, I, I also like I, like, I don't know, I have like a right, a left-handed catcher's glove, so it doesn't even work. Yeah. Like the whole thing is just a nightmare.
2: As uh, Titus is talking to the two of them on the elevator, he explains like three business dinners in the last week and now this. And he pulls out a card that looks like, I, I assume it like came with flowers. That was like the card that was in it. And it says, Aaron, A rose petal's curves are nothing compared to yours. And his buddy Tommy's like trying to justify it and saying that, you know, Aaron's a great employee and she's attractive and in a way that made it seem like this could all be very innocent. But early on, I just thought that like he seemed so nervous that maybe it's him. Like that was like my first vibe when like this was happening because of how nervous he was when Titus is trying to figure out who's like the person having an affair with his girl.
0: I didn't get that at all. I got it
3: in hindsight, but I didn't at the time. Also, one of those things, too, where, like, curves is a word I feel like you tread lightly with. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like you do, some people like to say that they're curvy, and that's, like, great, whatever. I'm not saying anything about any body type. But some people don't like being told they're curvy either. So I feel like you got to really know who you're using that word with.
1: No, curvy is, like, the new I'm not fat, I'm
3: big boned type of thing. Right, but this is 2000. I'm saying this is a different Well, time I feel
2: then, then, yeah, it was, well,
0: I mean. Curvy there was a, just like, means the, you, get them, you got that that curve. The hourglass
2: yeah. shape, yeah.
3: Right, but I feel like some people like that as a compliment. Some people take it as right. not a compliment. Right, like if you call somebody thick, they might take it as a compliment or they might take it as an insult. Like you have to be well, really careful. Well, it depends
2: if you use it ck or cc at the end. That's true. Yeah. It depends on the. <laughs> it
0: depends yeah. on the prefix, dummy. So yeah, um, you guys have never heard of dummy thick? No,
2: no. You
0: guys, get get up on the meme world. No, I'll, no, thank you.
3: If my algorithm is to be correct, <laughs> fuck you, guard out. No,
2: we cut back to uh, another black and white scene where he says Erin's the one she's my heart she's my soul she owns me and when you give yourself to someone so completely you got to make sure they're not screwing around on and we go back to the elevator and Titus is giving the two the plan for like what they're going to do when they get inside because they're going to try to gather information from her office and as that's happening like the elevator door opens into the main office and you see Erin and someone named Jim on the other side and they're laughing and like they're very touchy like she's one of her hands is holding his tie, and she, like, touches his face. She was fixing
0: his tie.
3: Um, it, it was very touchy. It was very touchy, but it was she was fixing his tie, but it was a little touchy. And this guy, Jim, nine acting credits total, this is his last one.
0: Oh, this was
2: it? Out
3: after Titus.
2: But, no, I don't know. She touched his face, too. And they're talking about how, you know, she's saying how funny he is. While this is happening, the three guys in the elevator are watching it, and they're just reacting silently, and the door shuts, and she never notices that they're there. I don't know. When I saw that, I was like... That's very, I don't know. She's touching another guy's face.
3: It's a little much. I mean, she's definitely flirty at this point.
2: Yeah. We get into the intro, which I really like this intro. So it's just like, it starts with just like a big engine revving thing, which none of that's touched on here. Because a lot of the imagery is like race car stuff for the show. But in no time in this episode is that touched on at all.
3: And again, why the other episode makes more sense is the first episode. They explain all of that, that Titus owns a hot shop, uh, hot shop, hot rod shop.
1: Well, that's barely mentioned too in that one. It's just not at all in this one.
3: But they no, they actually go to the shop though. They show an actual hot rod they were working on in that first episode. Well, the shop is just the garage.
2: But even then, like here, we don't get any of that. So I didn't understand it at all. I was like, I guess it's going to come into play later because like the image is like has like the like the hot rod like racing like the fire like flame.
3: It's like a flaming tire, and it keeps going like vroom vroom.
2: And yeah, there's like engine revving and stuff the entire time of the intro. And the music was like um. It sounded like, and I apologize. We do this all the time, but for those of you who don't listen to any wrestling, it sounded like a modernized version of what, like the actual music track for the Repo Man's theme, which would have been very fitting. It was like an upgraded <laughs> kind of like the music itself. Um, <laughs> sounded like it. And he's just like in black and white, and he has all these like various like headshots of the other characters in the uh, in the show. He's like just placing, he's placing them all down. And it, but they say on the top of them, like, my girlfriend, my brother, my friend. And that's the only way, that's how I knew who Tommy and Dave were, was through this part, like what their relation was.
3: Right. Cause this should not be the first episode.
2: Correct. And uh, it is interesting because because of a flub on our part where it's in- impossible to ignore it. But now Joe has like a different perspective. Ferg, I think you watched both episodes too, anyways, right? Mm hmm. I didn't. So I stayed true to just this one. So it's, it's, it's gonna be inherently impossible to ignore at times, but. In a way I kind of like it because it was intended to be the pilot. But anyways, any thoughts on the intro itself? Did you guys I really liked it, like I said, for whatever reason. It was very quick and to the point.
0: I liked how the the headshots explain the relationship because this episode did not at
3: all. Well, I think it makes sense, right? Because if you were to pop in, if we're ignoring this episode, right? Say you haven't seen this show, we're hanging out one day and I'm like, Gordo, you check out the show Titus, is really funny. And you're home and it's on one night and you're like, oh, watch it like you're going to have at least an understanding going into the episode of who these people are right away. I think that's a really smart move because it doesn't matter where you are in the break is a good sitcom you can dive into. Right. Like I never watched Seinfeld from episode one. I caught it in the middle of its run in syndication and then like caught up. Right. It's like a good show makes you understand the premise and the characters in any episode. And if you can't do that, then fuck it. Give it to them in the opening. And then it makes you feel like you know where you are all the time.
1: Also, the intro takes place in that black and white uh, narration room. Right. Yeah. It's
3: kind of Seinfeld too, which is like, you know, uh, the single person who's the fixture of the show, who's a comic doing a bit
2: from the intro. We get right back to where we left off. And now the elevator opens up again. Only this time, Aaron and Jim notice. And Aaron says hi. And they all say hi back as they step out of the elevator. Titus introduces himself to Jim as like Aaron's boyfriend while he's like putting his arm around her and also mentioned that he's like prone to fits of anger. He uh, and he shakes Jim's hand. He goes, "Oh, a little feeble. I uh, should probably pump some iron to take care of that hand problem." He's being extremely aggressive with Jim, uh assuming that he's the person behind,
0: you know, the note and everything like that. It reminds me of the Hank Hill episode that he when he met George Bush.
3: He had a limp handshake. Yeah. He won't vote for him.
0: If you guys had a no nope. chance. To-
2: Nice firm handshake.
3: I always give a firm handshake. Uh, I was genuinely a little freaked out when COVID first started happening. There were all these stories that were like, "Is this the end of the handshake forever?" Well, we because I mean, we're like, you'd see like the president would fist bump people, yeah, and they're like, "This might end the handshake." And I was like, "Fuck you! I will die on this hill." You shake a person's hand when you meet them; it is a sign of respect, and I will do it whether they like it or they don't like it for the rest of my goddamn life.
1: What's the difference? You're still making contact.
3: The handshake is a. It's like where, it's like a wallet. This is like the fanny pack wallet scenario. The handshake is what you do.
1: So is the handshake
0: like the fanny pack?
3: No, the handshake is like the wallet. It's the proper thing.
0: Moving
2: forward, uh, <laughs> Jim leaves and then Titus asks Erin about him. And she's like, oh, it's just someone that I work with. And she's like, should I step aside so you can mark your territory? Actually, I really did like her character as a whole. I thought she, she was a really good fit when we talk about the chemistry between like, you know, there's always the on screen romance and especially like these types of shows where the relationship's already established and it's not the will they won't they get together. Like they they make sense as a couple right off the bat to me.
3: I do like the there's no will they won't they. And she was she's she did two full seasons of Drew Carey towards the end as Kelly. So if everybody reminded remembered her, that's what I remembered her from.
0: Yep. That's right.
3: I think she was the last two seasons after the first woman, I forget her name, the first actor who left. And then that the very last season was um What's her face? It's always Sunny. D. D. Yeah, I can't remember the actor's name who plays D. Um.
2: Oh, uh, Caitlin Olsen, I believe? Caitlin Olsen,
3: yeah. yeah. She's like the last female main character because there's like that really weird last sort of truncated season of the Drew Carey show that was like.
1: I don't remember it that well. I was going to say, you remember way more Drew Carey than me. The girl wasn't on it?
3: No, their dark haired friend, was it Kate maybe? Kate. Yeah. Kate, she left after a while. And uh, then they replaced her with this girl. And then there was like a weird kind of revolving cast where Drew would just have different girlfriends. Like he did uh, Wanda Sykes for a while. He did Jenny McCarthy for a while. And then she was on. I watched a lot of Drew Carey. He
2: clearly on. does not have a type, huh? <laughs> no, I know, right? Yeah. And um, one thing, I, you know, not to get ahead, but sorry, sometimes it happens. From what I understand, a big part of the, well, what's theory to be the cancellation of the show was Titus gone a giant Christopher Titus in real life got into a giant argument with the, with Fox because they really wanted to break his, him and Aaron's character up and he thought that that was like a big mistake for the show and that was like a big like sticking point that potentially according to him caused the cancellation of the, of the show Titus.
1: I thought it had to do with 911. No,
3: but that's a fun story we'll get into because that story rules and I hope that he put that version of the episode up on his YouTube.
2: Well, we'll <laughs> get into that. Aaron asks uh, how they got in, seeing where they're all banned from the building. And Titus like, oh, we just walked in with confidence and then no one's going to bother you. And then his brother Dave speaks for the first time and he just goes, I wore a hat.
3: <laughs> Which is funny because if you look at his character, like even if you hadn't seen any other episodes, that hat doesn't make sense, right? Like you see that dude wearing like cuffed up jeans and a denim jacket. He's wearing like a, like I forget what you call that kind of hat, but it's like a fedora with a short brim.
0: It's a floppy hat like they used to have in the 90s.
1: Like a bucket hat. Yeah.
3: Is it a bucket hat? I thought it was more of a short brim fedora, like
1: uh, no,
0: it's like what, like you know, like those like corn like corn shuckers,
1: <laughs> oh, the children of the corn.
0: No, like you know, like those like hot topicy like god kids, like that, the the short bucket hat.
1: Oh, so a bucket hat, like I said, like the Kangol bucket <laughs> like hat. Yeah, 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 like this new radical. <laughs> like if Courtney Love went back
2: to her mansion, that kind of hat.
0: Yes, that kind of. Hat.
2: We go back to another. What what do we call these? Flashback? No, but like the black and white ones. Narration. Oh, narration. I'll 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 just keep saying narrations. We get back to another narration where Titus explains, Dave's my brother. I love him with all my heart, no matter how many times I'm charged as an accessory. And we cut back to the same elevator from before, only it's like security footage from a different time And basically the whole scene was just that his brother was stealing a whole bunch of paper from the office (laughs) that they didn't need uh, just for the hell of stealing it. He insists that it's not stealing because Titus's girlfriend worked there. It was just like, we don't even need this much paper, but he's like, that's the beauty. There's no motive behind it (laughs) (laughs) and no one's going to catch us. And then they both look up to where the camera is. And then they like, try to like hide in the
1: corner of the elevator. So they're not seen, but obviously too late. I love that. Titus gets the corner, but he's in the wrong corner, so he just holds the paper up to his over head his and face. shimmies yeah. over.
3: After he drops the other reams, too. Like, they is really very good slapstick.
1: And we
2: get back to present day when Aaron asks what they're doing there. And he says, oh, we want to take you out to lunch. And she's like, it's only 11 o'clock. He's like, well, when do you have lunch? And she goes, lunchtime. Okay, that is lunchtime.
3: Yeah, to me, I was like, I've had plenty of 11 o'clock lunches. Is
2: there some like rule that like, God forbid you eat a bite of food before 12 o'clock? Like, like it can't count as lunch.
3: Have you never had pizza or a burger at 11 a.m.? Because I certainly have.
2: I've had pizzas and burgers at 7 a.m.
3: Right. So
0: You know, when pizza's on a bagel, you can have pizza at any time. I'll
2: give you this one. I'll give you this one, Gordo. That was well-placed. He then says, um, oh, we'll just wait for you in your office and let us know when you're ready. And she's very quick to like stop them and say, like, You guys are not going into my office. <laughs> we get to another narration where he's like, Aaron's office, inflammable, non flammable. You got to read the dictionary to know what burns. And you get like a really quick cut to just Titus and Dave just standing outside of the ledge of like her office, like on either side of the window while you can see everything inside's on fire.
3: I love the idea that they lit it on fire and they're up. Their idea to leave was to just go stand on the windowsill in a building. We know they're high enough up that they have to take an elevator
2: for Like, why would you do that?
1: Maybe they lit the door on fire.
3: Maybe. I've seen the towering Inferno a number of times and there's no way out really.
2: That's all we know about that whole story because it cuts right back and it's her to try to send them off. But like before that could happen, another woman from work who I assumed at the time was her boss enters. So like they all like turn their heads down because they don't want to be recognized because they're all banned from the building. And the boss is like, I swear I recognize you from somewhere. You know, he's, he's like, oh, um, he's like, we're here to fix the copy or the cup of like it was. He was stumbling over his words. And then Aaron jumps in and say, oh, like, you know, head into my office and I'll meet you when we're done up here and tells this, uh, her boss that they're like a cleaning company from a group home.
3: Yes. Yeah, so I guess. I think the joke here is that they're challenged.
2: Yeah. Like a Challenged
3: group home, not like a criminal group home right. by the way they sort of play it later.
2: Yeah. So the way they played it later is what would aid to that. Like early on, not so much, but certainly when you revisit this joke later, and then we get into another narration where. He says, Aaron has always been a co-conspirator keeping the world from knowing what a dork I really am. And we cut to what might be their first date or at least like an early date of theirs. And he goes to sit down and they're at like a cafe or something and his tie goes straight into his coffee. He's like, oh, well, you're probably not gonna see me again after this one. And she like pulls him like in and kisses him and says, maybe you're just not a tie guy. And the kiss is what made me think,
0: maybe it's not the first date. (laughs) She
3: was like, yeah, it's gotta be it. a second date but, but still early on that he's wearing a tie to try to impress her
0: right now do you guys are you guys tie guys
3: i love wearing nope, a tie not and
2: this, on
0: a date yeah i
2: haven't like unless you unless you go somewhere that like it requires warranted it. yeah
3: i mean if you have a tie although i like wearing a tie i don't have a, an occasion to wear them very often anymore like the work from home world or whatever but i will say eating and drink like drinking is not that big of a deal because usually you sit down and you push it down to the table is sort of the barrier but eating is the bigger fear for me because if you spill your drink on it like it's probably not going to stain i usually wear a black tie but if you drop chicken parm on your tie like there's no coming back from that you know what i mean like you just have this extra thing that you're like worried about getting dirty
0: you you gotta get it dry clean
2: when i go to like weddings and stuff I I really enjoy wearing a tie, like, when when it's, like, those situations. I'm not one to take my tie off, like, as soon as I can. Like, I'll leave it on for the night.
1: Me too, yeah. Oh, no, I take mine off the second I think it's okay. Like, I get seen in the tie, tie's coming off.
2: Unless it's super hot and, like, I need to, like, open up my shirt a little bit. But I always find it funny because all the aesthetic and, like, the the look of having the tie and what that brings goes away when you have to flop it over your shoulder so you can eat a Caesar salad.
3: Yeah. At a wedding, yeah, everyone looks like a nightmare with their cuffs pulled up and their tie pulled back. It doesn't yeah.
1: look nice anymore if you're going to flop it over your shoulder. No, nah, the only benefit of a tie is so you can do the I'm nervous, but like,
3: uh-huh, uh, uh, and loosen it up. That's true. The fact that you can run danger, Dangerfield the tie is the biggest thing. you grabbing it and going, hey, oh, hey, is the main advantage of having a tie.
2: Now we cut to the guys in her office, and now we're going back to their original plan, which is to basically ransack it and find information. And Tommy asks if they can ever, you know, go anywhere without committing a crime. And Titus is like, this isn't committing a crime, it's an invasion of privacy. And then he opens up her gateway laptop, and we hear that you've got mail. And not the real you've got mail, a different you've got mail. And then he admits that, okay, maybe this is both an invasion of privacy and a crime. You've got mail. (laughs)
3: So I was wondering if they still did the You've Got Mail noise. And I recovered the password to my AOL email account from like 25 years ago. And I went into the options. And you can get the original You've Got Mail guy, who, by the way, is now retired and made a ton of money off of doing that. He's a voice actor. Good for him. But would you like to know, there are some alums for the S1E1 podcast on here we talk about a lot, including You Can Change It to Whoopi Goldberg. That was the Crypt Keeper, by the way. R.I.P. But if you guys want to hear Whoopi Goldberg passed away, hold on.
1: You've got me. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: Why'd you say it so cryptically? I don't know. But yeah, some other luminaries for this would be uh, you can do Donald Trump. You can do Hugh Grant. And Hugh Grant is just like, you've got
1: letters. I'm <laughs> just like, why would you do that, Hugh Grant? God, it's so sexy.
3: But like the amount of people who are on there, like sort of fit to when AOL was still relevant. Like it's there's not like a lot of modern celebrities on it you know
1: hey it's seth green you got
3: mail <laughs> mandy moore <laughs> like if you're really trying to like, get an idea of what time it was larry king is on it larry <laughs> king has been dead for like 10 years speaking of people who looked great in the tie larry king king of the bow tie oh, larry king king of the bow tie uh but yeah these people are just like it's such a weird thing but they're like it's still there you can still do it i don't know who does a well mail. I apparently have thousands of emails on my email address, which I'm not going to say out loud what it is because well, I'll never log into it again. It doesn't really matter.
1: But
2: um, it's funny, though, going over even that little part of the scene, we definitely triggered different things because the you got mail is what got you. And I couldn't get off of the gateway laptop. And I
1: me, too. I went there, too. Yeah, yeah.
2: this is where I wish like I uh, that Nick was in this episode because he would probably have better um, insight on this than me, because I think gateway still exists. They do. But in the 90s, gateways were like big for a while. And I just remember the boxes all had like cow print.
3: Did you see why? Yeah.
0: No, I never knew why. Isn't it? Didn't they get bought out by HP? I'm
3: not sure who owns it now, but the Gateway name. But I think they might just make hardware now for computers. But they make they still have you know they're still in existence of some sort. But I looked up why the boxes were those cow prints because that was such a huge thing when we were kids, right? And apparently, the owner, like the founder of the company, his dad was a like a cattle farmer. Oh. So he's from Iowa. So he had, like, a livestock business, so it was, like, in honor of, like, his family business of having cows around all the time, he made the boxes. Which is super smart, too, because they stood out. You saw that box in the Best Buy, you saw it from a fucking mile away. I mean,
2: almost 30 years later, and, like, it's something that, you know, I still remember to this day.
3: The downside is, though, too, you also made those boxes basically just look like giant money bags, because what did a computer cost in 1999? If you saw that sitting on someone's front lawn from the UPS and the guy hadn't come up to take his mail in yet, like. You knew you could just swipe the <laughs> yeah. big rectangular cow and make a ton of money. Yeah,
1: back then, it's like, oh, look at this laptop. It's got a whole gigabyte of space on it. That laptop <laughs> is so
3: thick. It is the biggest, beefiest laptop. I forgot thick. about that. No. It is dummy thick. CK. That laptop uh, has more curves than a, a rose. Is that what we're going with? Uh, uh.
0: Yeah. Computers <laughs> back then, they were, that was something else. Remember when Mac were, had all the weird colors?
3: And it was the first, like, one piece with the monitor, yeah.
0: Right around this
2: time period is when we were starting
0: to get all those, like, weird, different
2: Macs that were, like, they all, I f- like, they, they they looked like toys. They didn't look like yeah. real computers.
3: They looked like candy almost or something, yeah.
2: They looked like like what boom boxes should have been at the time, like, the small, like, portable CD players, at least.
3: They almost looked like when you see stuff that's made, like, for prisons. Like, you ever see, yeah, like, the- like, the TVs and stuff that are made for prisons and everything is completely see-through so you can make sure you're not, like, hiding stuff in there.
2: Yeah, somehow they find a way.
3: Well, I mean, Oz gives you a lot of good examples.
2: True. (laughs) We get to another narration. It says, growing up, I'd heard the legend of privacy that lived in other houses. I have a diary. I have a journal and no one will ever read it. And I keep, (laughs) I tried keeping a diary once it ended up a performance piece of one of my dad's poker games. And this is like we said before we get a flashback and we'll eventually see Titus, but in the interest of bringing it up right away, eventually shows up with a mullet wig on, which we talked about in the grounded for life episode is like. The staple look when you're trying to do a flashback in that era, you just give the adult actor a mullet wig.
3: Classic go-to.
2: And uh, we see his dad reading his, his diary to his friends at the table. He says, I don't know if she'll ever notice me, but just knowing she's in the world makes the world a better world to live in. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and that's when Titus walks in and he keeps reading, my secret diary by Christopher W. Titus. The W, Gentleman, stands for wussy.
3: Now, also, Ferg can attest to this, they go into a whole thing in the episode that should be the first episode about how his dad always calls him a wussy and don't be a wussy is like the big insult in their family.
1: Yeah, the whole, the whole show, w- wussy, wussies is their dumbass, if if, they yeah. were, if it was red on the yeah. show.
2: Because he uses it later in the episode, too, so it's definitely going to be a thing, because at least here it was, at the very least I knew it was going to be a callback, because they use it twice here.
1: Also an insult that pretty much died. Wuss was a good one. Yeah, I like wuss because wuss is kind of like, a it's like
3: milk. Like, it's just base. You know what I mean? Like, you, no one can be offended yeah. by wussy.
2: Well, you know what? I'll get into it. I've, I don't know if I've ever said this on our show. I'm not sure. But I went through a campaign of my own a while back. I really think that one of the best insults that has been forgotten with time is dipshit. And I really want to play for dipshit to make like a strong comeback because I think it's so good.
3: I do like dipshit. And also, it doesn't mean anything.
2: Yeah. It's like, I don't want to say it's harmless because you're still calling someone something negative. Right. But dipshit's great. And it doesn't, like, you know, other than the person you're trying to hurt, doesn't hurt a group of people.
1: Yeah, but it still includes the word shit. So it's still a swear. Wussy ain't a swear, but it sounds like one. Wussy, because you think of pussy. Wussy sounds like pussy.
3: But now you can say pussy on TV. Like, it's the weird thing, too, is like, this is from a different time where, like, if somebody said, you're a pussy on, like, regular terrestrial cable tele- uh non-cable television you'd be like oh my god you're like it be such a big deal
2: you know what this is reminding me of which i always thought was funny was like uh again wrestling's being brought up but in other shows too you can't say asshole but they would always bleep it out for the whole part <laughs> like yeah <laughs> it's like ass because an, ass, an like, ass is a donkey yeah
3: it's like i'm gonna stick up your big old pimply a Woop. It's like Wait, what yeah. else? why are we doing this we know what it means
2: you blocked out the 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 easy part <laughs> like the part that you don't want us to hear is um loud and clear.
3: 22 years after this, we learned that a wrestler just yelling hole is actually way funnier. <laughs> Them not bleeping that part out is way better.
2: And I want to mention um, that, that little flashback ends with him throwing the diary at Titus and saying, once you get laid, you'll stop writing this crap.
0: I like that line.
2: I thought it was funny. And then we cut back to the office and like, he goes, oh my God. It's like, don't judge her. They send that point without asking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they did back in
2: the day. They did send, like, weird porn back then all the time without asking. That was a weird
3: mind fuck that I completely forgot about, that, like, one of the things you do whenever you sign on to check your email was just delete the 10 emails that were, like, hot fuck tonight. Like, it, yeah. you just got them so yeah. much that you never even thought about it anymore. And, like, that's kind of gone now with spam filters and everything. Yeah. Which is good. I don't want that. But I still do get some occasionally that are, like, it's always, like, spread out, too. It's, like, A-R, two spaces E, like, R, then two spaces U. It's, like, what is the spacing issue we're having here? Is it to get around something?
2: It's probably so spam filters don't catch stuff. I'm, you yeah, know. and then
0: you get all the emojis.
3: Oh, yeah. I <laughs> love the emojis. The fucking day somebody figured out an eggplant and the squirty <laughs> water emoji were a thing that can go together, the porn spam bots had, like, the best day of their life.
2: And you know who had the worst day? Me, because I love eggplants. And now I can't use the eggplant emoji anymore.
3: I love squirty water, but I hate eggplant. So I'm really in a different <laughs> mode here. I've been on
2: record on this show before saying eggplant is my favorite pizza topping. Ugh, I gross. like
3: eggplant in
0: general. Ugh. A nice eggplant, like eggplant parm. Yeah.
3: Just be chicken parm. Why are you doing right? the thing that you're doing?
0: I like eggplant parm. Sometimes Ugh. you want to be healthy.
3: That is not healthy. Yeah, if you're eating eggplant parm, you have eliminated the healthy part of it. So just eat the good tasting chicken parm.
2: Like, go. Gordo, I get that there's eggplant in it, but then you get that eggplant, dip it in egg and breadcrumb, fry it in oil, and then you dose it in cheese and sauce.
1: There's nothing healthy. Let's not pretend that chicken is the unhealthy part of chicken parm. <laughs> yeah. It's like, ooh, candy apples. I'm being healthy today.
2: <laughs> Titus reads an email asking if Aaron is um on for dinner. And it was like same place we normally go. And then it was like signed from someone named Pudding. And Tommy's quick to defend saying it's like a light snack. He's very defensive this whole time. And this we find out why later and I like that it's addressed. But I did think it was a little weird that he was super defending of whatever was going on throughout the whole episode. Right from the elevator in the beginning. Now, every time Titus finds something that looks like an obvious clue, Tommy's very quick to shoot it down.
1: Well, because I watched the first episode, I learned that he's the naive friend and they're a close group and he just wants them all to stay together. Well,
2: it does go to a narration immediately after. And it's set, and he says, Tommy is so trusting, I see a carjacker and Tommy sees a grumpy valet with a gun. <laughs> That's a good line.
3: That's a good line, yeah. There's a few lines here that made me laugh a little bit. And I will say, I went into this episode a little... Angry? A little angry because I had already watched one and I had to like double down but there's a few lines there's one moment in here where I, even in my anger I genuinely laughed so hard I had to stop and I was like, fuck this show is fucking great, which we'll get to in a minute, but I do feel like yeah, like Fork said, like if you watch the first episode first though, like the Tommy thing I think it's less conspicuous
2: Well, from that narration we get into what I believe might be one of the greatest moments in television history and this is we're like at a diner basically and it's Tommy and his then girlfriend sitting across from Titus and Dave closest us in the shot you see uh Tommy's girlfriend and Dave and Tommy's talking about how she's like his soulmate and like the greatest thing that's ever happened to him meanwhile you see this girl's barefoot rise up and just start rubbing her foot against Dave's dick like from under the table
3: (laughs) under the table foot jibber yeah
2: now he's got he's got his jeans on but There, that actor did not pull back. This was not cleverly cut for television. She got right in there.
3: This is what we call method acting. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. she was really doing it. What
0: the fuck? (laughs) That was dedication right there, and we salute you.
2: And they're and they're talking about and Tommy obviously doesn't know what's going on, and he mentions that they're going to the movies and that they the other two should join. And Dave's very quick to say like he'll go.
3: (laughs) He's like I'll go. (laughs) Uh, Dave is so funny in this show. Oh, he makes the
1: show. Him and the the
2: scene was amazing and i just couldn't believe fox has always been known to push it a little bit but i did not expect the old footsky like being that obvious in the shot yeah
3: they'll let this happen though but they'll really censor a 9-11 episode so rupert murdoch what's it gonna be
2: well timing timing's a big part of that <laughs>
3: well i mean it was only november 2001 i don't understand what the big deal was
2: just get into it now there's no other appropriate time to bring it up so i guess like just tell the story all right, so one of the big reasons,
3: again, and, and we talked about Ferger mentioned earlier why the show ended up eventually getting cancelled, the fight they had, but there's also a lot of fights over the censorship of the show. And in one episode, a couple months after 9-11, there's a scene where they're on a plane coming back and they're distraught because of an issue with their mom and Titus is trying to say chicken a la king, but starts saying it in an accent where it sounds like he's saying a la Akbar. <laughs> And then while he's doing that on the plane, Dave was showering in the bathroom of the plane. So he comes out gargling. So it sounds like he's speaking in a Middle Eastern accent. And he's got a towel wrapped on his head like a turban and shaving cream on his face to make him look like he has a beard. And rightfully so. Fox was like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) Do you really think we're going to put this on television? I personally think it's amazing, but I totally understand Fox's point of view on that one.
2: Now, with the filming schedule these shows normally have, was this even before nine eleven when they decided to film this?
3: No, they wrote it post nine eleven.
2: Yeah, that's too. Much.
3: So they they so they knew better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were they were clearly pushing something that there was no way any network was going to put on TV. That would have been great if it was just a happy accident. Like if that episode aired on like nine eight, <laughs> and everyone was like, "Oh, holy shit!"
2: <laughs> well, sorry, wrestling is going to come up again. There was that like bombing in London and there was a Smackdown that was aired on the same day and, but it, they filmed it two days prior and there was like this whole like terrorist thing that happened and they had like the side scroll that was like, you know, this was filmed ahead of time. We did not (laughs) know the actions that was happening in London. And it's like, Oh my, like, what do you do at that point? You already have this thing and it's like, we're about to hit play and this giant thing just happened.
3: And if you're Muhammad Hassan, you know, immediately you're just like, I'm going to type up my resume because I definitely don't have a job tomorrow.
1: Poor guy. He was a great wrestler. He was a great Killed wrestler. Killed his
3: career. Yeah, victim of circumstance.
2: I got to meet him, and I told him that. I was like, you know, I don't know what this means, but all my friends and I, we were always big fans and thought you had a lot of potential, and unfortunately, you know, everything happened that happened. He's, he was a really genuinely nice guy to move forward. Was that at the
3: episode, airport? where you then like, I have to check your shoe for bombs, though, man. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> drop him. Was this after the underwear bomber? Were you like, sorry, sorry, you got to drop it?
2: I'm pretty sure he's as Italian as I am
1: yeah yeah I think he's he certainly looked at it,
2: yeah, he looked apart, but um
3: yeah
1: to but I'm move he on, looked he looked Italian me. Oh, oh,
0: is that why you had to check his underwear because two Italian guys
3: <laughs> he was a carry and a pepperoni,
0: no, that eggplant,
3: oh, you got another eggplant one,
2: okay, yeah, so to go back a <laughs> second <laughs> um the tightest thing definitely it's skirting line there when you are knowingly after such a big thing happened, still trying to sneak that in. I feel
3: like that was probably like a, also a fuck you to the network. You know what I mean?
2: Well, yeah. I mean, if you're talking like literally you're, you're writing this episode, like right after nine eleven. Yeah. Meanwhile, you know, we're flashing forward. It's 2022 as we're recording this episode and that still won't fly on most networks. So what does that say?
3: They pulled a pretty dark one on that on big mouth that fucking destroyed me where one of the characters his little girl was talking about how her, mother's if it was her mother's boyfriend or her dad but died in nine eleven, and the kid's like oh wow was he a pilot and she goes well yeah sort of kind of towards the end i was like oh my oh. god that joke is fucking wild but that is 20 plus years later that
1: show pushes it
3: that show but that's the whole point of that show too but again you're doing it 20 years later
1: family guy always had some good um nine eleven jokes as well like when Peter was pretending to be James Woods and he was pitching uh, his movie idea which was he was a window cleaner for the World Trade Center <laughs> he just finishes the last window and turns around to a plane coming he goes oh my god
2: well i think we've exhausted this topic about as much as we should so
3: I was going to say exhausted as we should yes as much as we could oh no
2: well anyways we cut back to the office which is now a mess And Titus starts to realize that Aaron's gonna notice because they've literally gone through everything. And Dave finds a box and asks if Titus is the one that gave her this present. Tommy goes to intercept it and checks. He's like, "Oh nope, it's a scarf." And Titus takes it, and then that's when you reveal it's a a, crotch. Yeah, (laughs) and it's a pair of panties that are in the box with the note saying, "Hey, sexy, saw this and thought of you." And understandably, Titus is pretty upset. Like, so he looks like really, really distraught now and sits down. At this point, like, I kind of know there's going to be some sort of a swerve right i don't know if you know what it is exactly at this point but you know that it's too obvious now like he's finding the note he's finding the panties it's not going to be a straight up affair you know something's
0: happening can i can i just say who the fuck is buying panties for people
3: thank you i'm just gonna say this you this is implied where, like as something for you right so so gordo you and i are dating currently right and I buy you a pair of panties, right? And I'm like, Gord, I want you to wear these. That's for me. That's not for you. They're probably uncomfortable, and it's for my enjoyment. So it's not a gift for you. But when the person buys the underwear or lingerie or whatever for their significant other, they're making a gesture, and and they made the decision to do that. I feel like you can't buy underwear for the other person without it being weird.
2: This is a unique situation where both sides buy it, trying to make it look like the gift is for the other one. Because girls will also buy lingerie, which is not a gift for you, but it's also for them. Like they bought it for themselves and they like how they look and feel in it. Sure.
3: But I feel like when you buy it for them, I feel like also you're playing some deadly games there too, where like you could get the wrong thing or wrong size or like starts I don't,
2: the idea of getting the wrong size is what scares me because if it's going to be bad either way, right? If you get something too small, it's terrible. If you get something too big, yeah, it's also bad.
0: Can I just say, too, that if you're buying panties like that, the point is, first of all, you could totally buy too small because they're going to get taken off anyway.
1: Yeah, but they got to get put on the too small. Yeah, but they're off. not going to last for very long.
2: And unless you've been with someone for a while, although I guess you wouldn't give something like that unless you've been with them for a bit.
0: No, first date.
2: But like, what are you supposed to be like? Hey, um, so like, just in case, what are
0: your sizes? Like, you can't do that. I think you can approximate it.
2: But sure, Mm. but I mean,
3: even in regular, even speaking in a non-lingerie clothing, right? Like, I don't know, I know certain brands of t-shirt, I'm this size in this Mm. one, I'm this size in that one, or like, in these shoes, I'm a this, but in these shoes, I'm a that, right? So like, it's not like there's a universal sizing order either, so even if you think you know the size, you could fuck that up still. Yeah,
1: but this is also a, this is a very different situation, I don't want to give off the payoff, but that person would have known, kind of, like.
3: Maybe had a better idea, Sure.
0: Sure, but
1: it's still a weird thing to get
0: someone. Well, yeah, it's still weird. It doesn't matter.
3: I think what's weird about it too is if it was like, oh, it's a whole outfit or something, you'd be like, oh, okay. But to just be like, like even if they were sexy underwear, if someone just gave you a gift or like here is a single pair of underwear, you'd be like, thank you. I guess I have to do
1: laundry tomorrow. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> this is weird. Yeah, it's basically at this point like three dates too. So it's like that's kind of like a if if you're at that level where you're getting like sexual gifts after three or four dates, that's a little weird, strange. Let me find out they haven't had sex. Yeah. That's a pre-sex
3: gift too, which is also kind of weird.
2: Um, no, I'm saying, I don't know. I'm saying like, what determines that three or four dates is pre-sex still?
3: In this situation, we know.
2: Well, but we don't know that at this point.
3: I'm just saying in hindsight, when you go back later and talk about it, you'll be like, oh, well, that's really weird. Oh, no, no. People can have sex on no dates. That's.
2: But I was going to say earlier, if anyone wants to give me underwear, I usually buy the Hanes or Fruit of the Loop boxer briefs, the black and gray pack. So if anyone wants to get me those, and I currently wear a 2X, I'm working on it, but I'm still a 2X right now, guys. If I'm getting you
1: underwear. It's for me, all right? And I'm getting you a <laughs> tiny thong, all right? Yeah, you ain't getting. <laughs> Something high up on the hips it doesn't give you lines. I'm very
2: much just the uh, the black and gray only boxer briefs, but um, and thank you to anyone who sends it my way.
0: Now, do you guys like the, uh, the I, I like the spandexy underwear. Like this feeling of the boxer briefs. I'm cotton. I don't like the cotton.
3: I'm a briefs man.
1: You're a briefs man. I'm a briefs man. I'm a boxer briefs guy when I wear underwear. I was gonna say. I, I was gonna say. <laughs> not what I know about Ferg.
3: I wear black briefs with white piping only.
2: When you say you put you put your white pipe. white pipe in
3: my white <laughs> fence, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, anyways. Oh boy. Man, uh, you missed the white eggplant joke again, man. We. I had a joke. I already had a joke ready. I,
3: yeah, I like the pipe better than the eggplant. I don't want to talk about eggplant ever again. I fucking hate eggplant.
2: This, eggplants keep coming up on this show. Well, you keep bringing it up now. <laughs> so we get back to another narration, and he goes, I've known Erin since high school, except she was in the hot-looking babes group, and I was in the outcast pimply guys who hadn't discovered deodorant yet group.
1: Our group? And, no, I was very cleanly my whole life, buddy. I was going to say, that's our group except for deodorant,
3: because I think that we were the people who got those tiny little... uh." Remember when they'd give us those little red uh, Old Spice deodorants in middle school? Because they were like, hey, stinky kids. But like to everybody, they were like, hey, you're like 11 now. You're going to start smelling like shit. Here's a tiny Old Spice.
2: We cut back to like high school era and it's, you know, you see Titus at his locker while Aaron, who's like dressed as a cheerleader, is walking by with a football player. And she's like, oh, I can't believe you caught that. Like that was the best catch ever. And he's just like watching her from afar as she passes and he turns around as they're already like way, way far away for her to ever hear him. But he's just like, hey, <laughs> we get back to modern day and Aaron walks into the office. That's all like ransacked. And he just got it again where he actually is looking at her and He's like, hey,
0: <laughs> I thought that was good.
2: Yeah. And she says, you know, I can understand you going through my desk and filing cabinets, but the couch and Dave's like, we found 65 cents. Here's an issue I had. He then drops the coins on the the desk. There's only two coins. There's no way you can make 65 cents out of two coins.
3: Yeah, this is one of those, like, I've got 50 cents. One is a quarter. The other isn't a quarter. It's like one of those riddles. Uh, Also, though, just one of those lost art things, too, where, like, you're not going to have much luck these days digging through a couch for change.
2: No, not as as much cash in the pocket. I bet you'd be surprised.
3: I can't remember the last time I actually had change in my pocket at this point. Yeah.
2: So my thing with this part was... I know she's like used to him and the brother being just who they are and always getting into trouble, but not knowing even why they're there or why they're doing what they're doing. She seemed a little calm considering she walked in her office, which is now a fucking mess. All
1: right. I thought the same thing, but keep in mind, she's nervous because she is hiding something. She's dealing with shit. So
2: yeah, I just thought like this should have been a little bit of an element of like, what the hell are you guys doing? And there was like none of that at all.
3: Especially because the last time they were in her office, they lit it on fire.
0: I was going to say that's where like it doesn't make sense because I'm sure the other show sets up their relationship. I didn't know how long they were actually dating for at this point.
1: They said it since high school.
0: No, he's known her since high school. He's known her. It doesn't actually go into how long that they dated for. So this whole time I'm like, man, that's really weird that like you would do that. I thought she was a new girlfriend.
3: Right, like you could meet somebody tomorrow who we went to high school with, and you never dated, and all of a sudden be like starting a relationship, but you know you wouldn't have been intimately with them for that time.
2: He shows her the underwear, and Tommy like chimes in from afar, like he thinks you're having an affair, and she's like, "Did it ever occur to you that there might be something going on in my life that's worse than having an affair?" And he's like, "I'm dying." She's like, "This isn't about you." And then Dave's like, "I'm dying." <laughs> Which I found that funny, but Day again, was a
1: other good line.
2: <laughs> I thought, I don't know. I thought the overall reaction to like, he thinks you're having an affair was like, I don't know. It just seemed weird. Like the way that she introduced, Hey, I'm going
0: through something right now. just seemed like the dialogue didn't seem quite right. I would, I would expect like your period, like something, something like what? that. That would be more of the time.
2: Like a coworker was being friendly. Hey, I know you're on your period. Here's some clean underwear.
0: Well, they were red.
3: <laughs> they were also on like. I don't know much about (laughs) anything, but I'm pretty sure I don't know a woman who'd be like, these are the first underwear I'll go for when I'm having my period. I don't think those are the choice underwear. True.
2: Titus is like, all right, well, what's going on? Like, whatever it is, like, I have your back, like, you know, we're a team. And I thought that that was a little weird because that she just had to say that one line where you like, you're strongly suspicious that she's having an affair You find the note, you find the underwear, and she just goes, you ever think that maybe I'm going through something? And he's like, you're right. I'm there for you.
0: (laughs) That's what made me think that they weren't dating for that long. That's not something that you say to somebody that like you've been dating for a long period. I don't know. I just
2: thought he should have more questions at the very least other than like, you know what? You're right. I'm there for you.
0: He's, He's not that bright.
2: She tells him that this isn't a cage match and she has to handle this on her own because she doesn't want him involved. And he doesn't want to leave until she tells him like who it is. And Tommy chimes in saying like, you know, I think you should tell him. And then this is when Titus realizes that Tommy knows whatever it is that's going on. So he starts to like corner him. And like Tommy's like really, you know, he's, we already see that he's a little neurotic. And once Titus gets really close to him, and I think he like puts his like finger on his chest. Like just kind of like at a poking thing. Tommy finally cracks because he said he was sworn to secrecy, but he says she's being sexually harassed at work. And Titus looks at her and he seems like kind of tearful and goes like, Really? And she's like, yes. And it's like a it, an emotional scene. And then he walks over to give her a hug and says, oh, thank God.
3: <laughs> I love the excuse. Like the reasoning, like, why are you happy? But like, oh, well, we just kick his ass. <laughs> it's like yeah. so fucking perfect. Yeah.
2: Because like it was like a relief because, oh, oh, someone's harassing you. And like, you know how these guys are, at least him and his brother. So yeah, because what did it, um, I think Dave was when he was like, yeah, this plays to our strengths. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah
3: exactly yeah, they'll just use brute force in a situation
2: that's that's their
3: style
1: this, this is when it started to become very obvious the the twist. i'm gonna kick his ass yes. where's this guy at Where this, is this point like...
2: i i figured it out yeah me too you know i figured out what's happening
3: also some cage matches in 2000 Ooh. there were some real doozies there was the scott steiner versus rick steiner and tank abbott cage match if you guys remember that one
2: is that from like Greed or like one of those? Yeah, like this is like, yeah,
3: Envy, Roth, oh, Greed, whatever. Yeah. Uh, there was the uh, Jeff Jarrett versus Jimmy Snuka, noted murderer, Jimmy Snuka 2000s cage match, which is fucking insane. Uh, but also one good one, the uh, Triple H uh, Mankind Hell in a Cell was 2000. That's actually a good match.
1: Yeah, well, technically that's a cell, not a cage.
3: <laughs> <laughs> One of those matches actually said in the listing for it, because it's just like looking up 2000s cage matches. One of them was like, parenthetical, like mesh cage. Like, that is historically what a cage match has always been. What are you talking about?
2: Since Nick isn't here, do you guys want to go into that debate again, if War Games counts, if there's a top of the cage or not?
3: I would love to go into I it, would. just to bother Nick.
2: It would, it would, this episode would run way too long if we got into all that.
0: Maybe we should do a bonus episode. Where
2: we just talk wrestling one day? Yeah. It's like a backdoor pilot.
3: To a podcast that nobody wants. There's no way we would be able to appease the mix of wrestling fans that we all are.
2: And finally, a wrestling podcast out there. There's so many of them. (laughs) We get to another narration and he says, my dad invented sexual harassment. In every current sexual harassment lawsuit, my dad gets a royalty check, which I really like that.
1: This is my favorite scene of the whole episode.
2: We get to, it's, so it's back and forth. We get from, it's like, goes from narration to flashback, narration to flashback. And each time is different times where the father has like a potential secretary. You can never see her face. It's like him sitting at the desk, but it's usually her back to the camera. And the first one is just him sitting there going like, type this up for me, babe, will you? And she slaps him. Hand on thigh. Oh uh, yeah. Hand on thigh. And then the next one is, you know, I had to fire my last secretary. Her work wasn't up to par. Hand on leg. Slap. Another narration, which cuts into the third one, where it goes, do you type? And the girl's shaking her head, no. And he goes, perfect. Puts his hand on the girl's leg. She takes his hand, moves it up to her tits.
3: (laughs) And she puts it on his boob. And then Titus just goes, my new mommy.
2: (laughs) He says in such a little kid voice. Yeah, in the (laughs) narration. And then we cut back to Erin telling him that, you know, she's the one who dug herself into this. And she's going to have to dig herself out. And she's kind of admitting that she's to blame for whatever it is that's happening, which is interesting at this point. And Titus tells her, like, you think you're to blame? It's like, no, you're just hot. That's not your fault. (laughs) And she's like, oh, you know, your heart's in the right place, but it's just not connected to your head. And Titus then questions why she would tell Tommy and not him. And she explains that Tommy isn't like other guys. He's like sensitive and listen. And Tommy chimes in with, I really like this line when it's like, oh yeah, my mom taught me that. She told me that I have one mouth and two ears so I can listen twice as much as I can talk.
3: That's a, that's a really nice little piece of
1: writing right there. He's the character of butters before butters existed.
2: And then Aaron pleads with him again to just like leave and that she's going to handle this. And he showed a little more hesitation, but eventually kind of agrees and says, you know what? I trust you. And then, you know, I'll leave. So she goes to kiss him and that's when the door opens. And it's that boss that we met earlier, the female boss from the elevator and remember Earlier on, when she saw them, she thought she recognized them. And that's when they put their heads down. So they did it again. And so she's trying to, like, get out of it. And Aaron's like, all right, good job, everybody. (laughs) Like, tries to play it off. Like, again, they're just a challenged crew that's helping clean the office or whatever it was. So we get to another narration. And it says, since I've been with Aaron, I've learned you don't have to bungee off every bridge. You don't have to be the first off the line. You don't have to act like one of those mall guys, you know. Uh, You looking at my girlfriend? As much fun as that is. We cut back to Tommy telling Titus how proud of him he is for being a more sensitive, trustworthy partner. And Dave says, "You're turning into Tommy. Tommy says he's just learning that he doesn't have to be the white knight every time um, Aaron shows that she's in the first you know sign of danger. He's like, danger." So now he's thinking like, "Wait a minute, am I doing the right thing?" And we cut to another narration, but now he has that like, knight's helmet on. Is it a helmet? Is it, I don't know if there's a technical name for that.
3: Yeah, it's like a
0: helmet and a mask. I think there's probably a, a technical term for it. I, I watch a lot of medieval youtube channels ah. so it could be a salle with a visor but a lot of those things are called a visor those things okay. that you pull over your face it's it, the helmet is a helmet um you, you different cultures will call yep. it something different but the
1: thing that goes over your face is actually a visor all right end of the day it's a night helmet you all know what a night helmet yeah, looks you, like
0: you, most
2: of you listening to you know what that looks
0: like but if anybody wants to know that's technically called a visor
2: good to know He's wearing that during his narration. He says, I spent a lot of time trying to unlearn things my father taught me. Things like extreme measures get extreme results. And we get to a flashback of them <laughs> on like a pier, like maybe a lake or something. And this is one of those flashbacks that's so long that the, the kids playing uh, Titus and Dave. And he's teaching Dave how to swim. And he just like throws him in the lake. You can see that he's like, the shot never changes. So you're only watching it from the perspective, like looking from the water up onto the pier. But after he throws him in, you can kind of tell by the reactions that he's not taking to the water very easy.
1: He rarely tosses this kid. Like,
2: yeah, full he full does. Them,
1: he like, launches him. They get height.
3: I wonder what they landed on. Like, must have been just like a crash pad, right? That's what yeah, I assumed.
2: Big, yeah, big mattress or something. Probably a crash pad, actually, because it was a good distance away. He's struggling. So he eventually, like, throws, like, this tiny lifesaver at him. And that doesn't help. So eventually he picks up Chris, or as I just call him, just Titus the whole time, and throws him into the water to save his brother. And then you get like another guy who's just happens to be on the pier, walk over and look at what's happening. And the dad just looks over at him and is like, what?
1: I know he's meant to look bad, but that's how you teach a kid to swim. You just throw him in.
2: No. So I agree. But he also has to be willing to help him when it looks like his son might be drowning.
3: Yeah. He has to also jump in after him if he can't float. There's also usually a second adult in the water. (laughs) Right. Like being there, not just throwing in. What do they call those? The uh, little donuts.
0: Oh, floaty. A swimmies. Lifesaver. It's a lifesaver. Lifesaver.
3: Thank you. Yeah. Floaties and swimmies. I don't think is a technical term, but swimmies, no, swimmies
0: is, is what you put
2: swimmies
3: on your arms. Like, uh, yeah.
1: I don't know if that's te- the technical term, but I've only known them to be that.
3: I think that's it for those, but the circular is a lifesaver. Yeah.
1: I have to concentrate to say lifesaver and not say lightsaber. Like
3: <laughs> You've broken <laughs> your brain from Star Wars.
1: Yeah. It literally has because I called lightsabers, lifesavers when I was little. Too.
2: Can a lightsaber work in the water? I don't know. I don't know
1: i'm sure, yeah, hot I'm sure
2: enough. yeah i don't know there's probably a technical answer to that for you big star wars guys i love star wars but i don't know Come the on,
1: nerds that. right into us yeah yeah you nerds yeah, i've seen
2: ahead, every original nerds. star wars movie a
3: total of one time each
2: really i've seen them a whole bunch of times each
3: yep and i only really cared for the second one
0: empire strikes back
3: yeah empire strikes back i thought was pretty good the first one yeah the second one too many fucking ewoks
1: that's, That's the third, the third
3: one. one. Or third one, rather. Yeah, second one was good. The third one. Technically,
1: it's episode six. <laughs> <laughs> Too much
3: island. Yeah, yeah, technically, it's the sixth one, because those ones are prank walls. So yeah, oh, God, your everybody. favorite
2: movie was number two, Attack of the Clones?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm a Jar Jar guy. I don't know about
2: you guys. Uh, funny enough. Oh, friend of the channel, Jar Jar yeah, Binks? Yeah, friend of the show. Me and Ferg met the actor who voiced and did the motion work for Jar Jar Binks recently.
3: Well, just like, very nice to meet you. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry I did that. Did you ask him if it was him or George Lucas, who was the giant racist who made up all that dialogue? Because holy shit.
2: That would have been an uncomfortable conversation to have. But
3: sure. Sometimes you have to. It's 2022, man. Get in there. Did uh, he do the voice
0: for you guys?
2: No. Super nice guy. I didn't ask him to either, but. Moving you, forward. You
0: missed an opportunity for him to be like, you Yusa so watch S S1 To evil. stop it, you
3: can't. Oh, you realize okay what you're day. doing? You're not doing Jar Jar. You're doing racism right now. So- no, he's doing,
1: he's doing a, oh, what's the species? Damn it. I can't, I was going to be nerdy. Starts with I a G, remember. right? Starts with a G? Like g- Gunkin. Gunkin yeah. like or the, something? Yeah, but they all say Yusa. So
2: Anyways, so we get to another quick narration We're saying, unfortunately, I have a very slow unlearning curve. And we get back to that um, main office where everyone's at and Titus is running back in from the elevator area and he goes, all right, everyone now listen up. <laughs> that's when his brother jumps in with him and goes, this is a hostage situation.
3: This is again, a very pre nine 11 pre-modern world thing. You can I do. love how
2: rider ties brother is, <laughs> but his brother's a little crazy,
3: but he's always in. Yeah. He's in for everything. This also very much reminded me of Tommy boy. Oh
1: yeah. I didn't even think of that.
2: Yeah. It's just like that. It's a misunderstanding. Yeah and titus has uh got kids the other two like his, his brother and in in uh his buddy guarding the hall and elevator and then someone goes are you a stripper this <laughs> is so random and he looks over and this was like weird I, this was just kind of like we're sneaking dialogue in because we're trying to get the joke because someone's just like using a stapler and he's like put down the stapler and uh, he goes uh down down when he doesn't put it down right away and it's just I get it's to get everyone, everyone who's in the office now hits the ground and jumps on the floor, but in the moment, it didn't make sense for him to be like, how dare you use a fucking stapler right now? It doesn't like make any sense.
3: I really like the line here where he's like, I'm looking for a man named pudding. I don't know why that made me laugh so hard, but it really <laughs> did. Also, I went to ask this earlier. I was trying to rack my brain to think of the last time I had actually eaten pudding. I've got to think it was 20 years ago. As a kid, I loved chocolate pudding, but I, I don't think I could eat it now. I think it'd be just too much for me, but.
1: Oh, I love a good snack pack.
0: I, I bought vanilla, I was, I don't like chocolate pudding,
1: I like vanilla pudding. You sick bastard. <laughs> what about the mix, though?
0: Eh, they're okay. The
1: mix one is fine, the, the chocolate, vanilla chocolate one, that's fine, but straight up vanilla pudding, what's wrong with you? I like I like vanilla, vanilla pudding. pudding. Yeah, thank you, Jay. Oh, good, the, the blandest person on the planet agrees with you, that, that's who you want by your side, Gordo. Well, it doesn't matter. oh look
2: at mr excitement he likes chocolate pudding watch out for this fucking rebel (laughs) i like the exciting flavor vroom vroom chocolate who brought the badass (laughs) but i have mine
3: as in a gogurt square it's different it's for extreme i don't know if this
2: is cheating or not i so for thanksgiving my nana made an icebox cake which is primarily made out of pudding
3: that'll say cheating i've had cake with pudding in it for sure yeah
2: so that i had very
1: recently but like a cup of pudding like a chocolate cream pie that's mainly pudding. Yeah.
2: You know what too I literally this conversation came up recently. I don't understand why anyone modern day still makes pudding like over like the stove with hot water. There's no need for that in life anymore. Like first off you can make pudding, you can buy pudding already made, you know, in like snack packs. You can get instant pudding where you're just adding water and that's fine. And for the minuscule difference in taste, you could then instead boil water and then stir in the powder and spend all that time and, like, cake up your pan. No, that's gross, because that, that's the kind that gets the skin on it. Yeah, I don't like ugh. the skin.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: So it's like, why would you go through all that extra work to make that?
3: Ugh. Yeah, I mean, that's one of those things where I think technology has helped us. Like, we've moved past the making your own pudding. We're good. On I'm a pudding minute. scientist. Yeah, <laughs> our pudding,
2: our pudding game has gotten so much better with time.
0: We we no longer have to deal with skin pudding. <laughs>
3: That sounds so. When you don't say pudding skin, but you say skin pudding, I just, I can't. I can't handle
0: that. It's so bad. But either way, I bought store brand vanilla pudding. Skin pudding? Skin pudding. It was not good. It's still sitting in my fridge. I had one pack and I was like, this, this is not spark joy.
2: Just add a little something to it. You know, and then uh, a flavoring. Like a answer. cream pie? Like, I was going to say, like, some maple syrup or something like I, just anything to like, or some chocolate
3: pudding because the best is to mix the vanilla and the chocolate. Cut up some bananas and drop them in.
2: Do anything you can. You, you can salvage. You can salvage that pudding. Don't. Don't you worry, goto
0: I'll, I'll report back.
3: Yeah, report back and let me know. Can you buy a single? I don't even know if I could eat them. I don't know if they are. I don't know the food allergen of that. I don't know if I could handle it, but I'd like to eat like a spoonful of pudding.
1: Just one spoon.
3: I think this is as much <laughs> as I can handle, but I think I'd really enjoy the one spoonful.
1: So let's buy a snack pack.
3: Yeah, because I'm saying, can I buy them individually?
1: Mm, don't think so.
3: Maybe there's a guy in the corner selling the individual ones.
0: Joe I got five. I got five sitting in my fridge. I'll sell you one.
3: You want to send it through the mail? Send it Pop media it mail. The mail. It takes a real yeah. long time to get here.
0: <laughs> don't I am actually going to do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> you're
3: going to get in trouble and they're like, anything perishable or fragile. And you're like, no, you'll be the one person they arrest for
1: lying to the <laughs> post office for not saying there's a perishable good in the package. It's just some skin.
2: <laughs> so he continues to say, You know, when I was a kid, I never thought I would find a good woman. And this is, he's saying this to everyone who's there. He says, Instead, I found the perfect one. She's cool and sweet and beautiful. And every time someone messes with her, a little part of that beauty dies. So putting whoever you are, just stop it. Come clean and be a man. And his brother goes, Not a soft, creamy dessert. Erin caught the majority of that speech because she's coming through that elevator, like as he's kind of midway through it. She goes, Well, at least nothing's burning this time and gives him a kiss. Cause she understands he's like defending her and his heart's in the right place. So now funny Jim from earlier, the one that she was touching his face and tie stands up and says, that was beautiful man. And he apologizes and tells Erin that he's been licking her pens. That's a weird one. So instantly when I heard it, I'm thinking of like the ink part, but then I was like, Oh, maybe it's where she puts her hand.
3: Yeah, imagine where she touches it.
1: I mean, people pe- people put their chew on their pens. Maybe yeah. that's what he's talking about.
3: Like Ernest, when Ernest chews on his pen, it explodes all over his face. <laughs>
1: oh,
3: I love Ernest. how often we get to bring that up.
0: <laughs> but you don't chew the ink end. Well,
3: every end has ink in it.
2: That's true. If you bite hard enough, there's going to be ink on the other yeah, side. I mean, too. it's
3: it's an ink tube.
1: Well, technically, if you've been using the pen for a long time, one end doesn't have any ink.
3: in uh, it. That's true. It's also true. Depends on how <laughs> new her pen is, I guess. We don't know. We don't have the centel.
1: So another man named
2: Bobby stands up too, and he apologizes and says that he's been dropping money on the floor just because he likes to watch her pick it up, and that he spent $45 so far this month.
3: The now equivalent of $77.88. That's
2: a lot of money just to watch a girl pick up change. Just to watch a girl pick up change.
0: Yeah.
3: But I. I that makes more sense to me mentally than the guy who's licking her pens.
2: Do you think that at any point she would find it odd? Like, that's so crazy. There's always like... People just keep dropping change. I've made like $45 this month just picking up change near my desk. Yeah, it was like for
3: $45 too. I like the idea that he just is making it not worth his while. He's just dropping like silver dollars. <laughs> just like, I could have gotten so much bang for my buck. And another
2: <laughs> another guy says that, um you know, I always try to go to the bathroom when you do just so we can pass each other in the hallway. You went twice today. <laughs> she doesn't even know who that guy is. He introduces himself as just like some dude from accounting. This guy
3: too, though, in real life, is Randy Lowell. So he's in movies like Tough Turf you know, a bunch of eighties. You've probably seen Tough Turf before.
2: Uh I don't know if I have. No. <laughs> I'll
3: send you the a clip of the movie later. You'll be like, oh, I've seen this. Uh but you know who he's most famous for? You know when National Lampoons vacation when they go to like the tombstone town? Yeah. Yeah. And there's like the sheriff. And he's like, the guy's a crummy Wyatt Earp, Dad. He's wearing running shoes. That's the Wyatt Earp who's like, Stay away from the bartender. <laughs> he's an ornery cuss. And he's like, Thanks a lot, Sheriff. He's like, Oh, Marshall that guy i don't know why but i got so excited when i saw that it was the Wyatt Earp guy for vacation
1: by the way, this this whole part with the bathroom guy it's played off like he's watching her pee but he really is just like he knows when she goes to the bathroom yeah he's just walking in walking hallway by. Like, it's,
2: it's just more for interaction just to be able to get a, like a one-on-one hello
1: as weird as it is it's like he's probably the mo- least timeless one like most timeless one
2: yeah that it's like it's way less creepy than like i want to watch you bend over
1: <laughs> i was
3: also waiting for a secondary joke to where he's like you went twice today i was waiting for like a joke to be about like either something she ate or drank and i was kind of happy they didn't go there
1: I'm like yo you need a little more fiber in that right.
3: diet. <laughs> this is like a weird like i am spartacus scene there's like a sexual harassment spartacus this yeah. is not what i expected to happen at this part of the episode
2: so now the boss from earlier the female walks in and asks what's going on and why is nobody working and it <laughs> says like Oh, well, you must be the head of the stalker training camp. <laughs> so that was funny. <laughs> she finally um does recognize him from, you know, the theft and fire situations they were in before. And he announces to her, like, who he is and that three people here have been sexually harassing Aaron and that, you know, you can't just hide this behind some corporate door. The brother says, Yeah, like you did with that engine that runs on water. I didn't get that at all. I don't know if.
1: I thought I missed the line earlier. Yeah. And I almost went back, but I didn't want to go back. I think it was like a
3: conspiracy theory joke, right? Like people always talk about like, we do have a, we do have a flying car. We do have an engine that runs on water. So you don't have to buy gasoline. We do have a cure for cancer, but they're behind doors and they won't let us have them. The rich people have them. I feel like that was like what they were going for, but without a setup, it kind of fell. Yeah.
2: She's asking, you know, Titus who he is. And he says, I'm Aaron's boyfriend. He's like, no, you're not. Aaron's gay. He's like, no, she's not. And look, are you? And then she goes, if you're not gay, then, oh, my God, I've been harassing you. And he's like, pudding? <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: And then uh, and then you get, like, Tommy from, like, across the hall, like, near the water, who's like, go ahead, Titus, kick her ass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which was like, kind of out of character for him, but I liked it.
3: It's out of character, but it, it was, like, a fucking perfect line, yeah.
1: It's not out of character if he's serious. Like, we take that as him being sarcastic. But if he's serious, like, oh, he could take that one, <laughs> It's more like him and
2: she says if you're not gay then why do we go on all those dates and Aaron's like i didn't know they were dates until yesterday when i got those panties and i'm like probably shouldn't have announced that to the entire office seeing where she's your boss like regardless of the situation especially if it's a mix-up and she thought these were legitimate dates you shouldn't tell everybody
1: at work like hey she she sent me panties well as the boss she shouldn't be sending her panties so yeah uh, yeah to
3: be fair like everything about this she's like oh i'm harassing you be like wait you didn't think Like, the reason that she thinks she's harassing her is only because she finds out she's straight is so backwards. Like, you should realize that you're also just harassing no matter what.
2: She's making sexual advances towards her thinking that they've been dating. Meanwhile, she's now finding out that these aren't dates because she's not into girls. All the signals are just crossing weird at this point. And Aaron's like, you know, I didn't want to hurt your feelings. I just thought we were going to dinner as girlfriends, not girlfriends. And uh, (laughs) Dave cuts in and says that he wants to work there. Erin explains that she wasn't trying to lead her on; she just didn't know what to do. Like, if you were a guy, I would have known how to handle the situation. You get like Titus, who's like so confused and sitting there, is like, "Me too." She's like, "If I were a guy, I would have gone after another guy because I'm gay." And he goes, "That's a good point." And I was like, "Is it a good point?" Because if she was <laughs> that's a guy, your
3: logic line, yeah,
2: she like she's into girls. If she was if she was a guy, she'd just be a guy that's into girls. You just don't like gay doesn't have to transfer over like just because. You're now the other gender doesn't mean you have to be, you know what I mean? All right. 90s. Yeah. I mean, early just, 2000.
3: 2000. Yeah.
2: It's like, if you were, if, if you were a guy, you would just be a straight male. You wouldn't be gay anymore because you're attracted to women. But anyways, moving, moving on from that, Erin asked if she should quit. And the woman's like, no, you can keep your job and keep the teddy and keep the panties. And Titus is like, Teddy. She's like, it's in the mail.
1: Think of me when she's wearing it. I'm sorry. She'd have to quit. Like, that's not even an option. You can't work there after all this around all these guys.
2: And again, you're the boss. Now you're telling everyone that you just bought this girl a teddy and you're (laughs) telling her boyfriend, think of me while she's wearing it for you. Like, none of this makes sense in the office place.
3: But also, like, wouldn't you fire like the guy who drops the change to watch her bend over? Like, that guy should be fired immediately. He just like these people are admitting fireable offenses.
2: This whole place is getting shut down.
3: Yeah, yeah. Essentially, there's going to be like a a work, uh, a job fair at the bottom floor of this place because they're going to have to clear out like half the employees.
2: She leaves after the whole, you know, you can keep the Teddy comment. And then Aaron walks over to Titus and she's like, thanks for staying out of it. And he's like, I don't know what you're so mad about. She said you can keep the panties. And during this like quick interaction dave's in the back and just sets a small trash can on fire
3: this is what i like legit lost was so good (laughs) yeah i was still not in the best mood and it fucking broke me i just his face too oh everything about it was fucking perfect like what a great button on the episode
2: and he just like slowly walks away from it and just you just leave this fire going on in the office we get back to a last narration and goes when you're born you're pure unspoiled and trusting just as he said in the front of the episode some say it's the only time we're perfect you're also born covered in blood and placenta." No one gets nostalgic about that. And that's the close of the episode.
1: You can sell that placenta. People pay good money for it.
2: Yeah, that was, um, that was like the conclusion of the uh, episode.
1: I like that that's the last thing Joe said with no reaction. <laughs>
3: <laughs> It'd be weird if you had a reaction that was like, I know I've got a business on the side right now.
2: Again, now, like, so now we just did the whole episode. It's definitely interesting now because we are in a unique situation where two of you watched what was intended to be the pilot episode that wasn't the pilot episode so just kind of puts us like in a whole different perspective than what we're normally in so i don't know if that's changing your insight it's
1: messing with me a little i'm glad this was the pilot because i consider this episode substantially better than the wrong one we watched i'm not saying the wrong one we watched was a bad episode i just thought this was a lot better and it was a good way to start the show
2: it was a fun episode for sure and i don't know the tone of the next one um especially where the whole thing is he thinks his dad's dead so i don't i don't know I
3: think that episode makes a better pilot, but this is a better episode, if that makes sense.
2: No, no, I get you. And uh, a couple little notes I want to say just before we get into green light or cancel segment and just uh, reading up on the show before, and I'm sure some of you guys caught some of the same stuff. They said um, all the studio laughter is real. There was no canned laughter. And he was actually very strict. Uh, Chris Titus made it very clear to the network that they're not to add any like extra laughs on top of it because sometimes... There's a hybrid. Sometimes it's studio audience, but they still add a little extra laughter to beef up jokes.
1: Oh, like WWE. Yeah. So everything. See what happens when you're not around, Nick? All this wrestling talk. <laughs> WWE is like egregiously bad with that shit, too. Not anymore. Now that Vince is gone, not anymore. But So
2: all of that was real laughs.
1: Yeah. All real laughs. It's actually very noticeable that it's real laughs because there's one lady who's just dying. Like she has a very distinctive laugh. I'm like, that's man ink can laughter.
0: Well, they got really good sampling. Maybe,
3: but it's too bad there wasn't a scene where Titus took his shirt off and one guy went, woo, (laughs) just the greatest home improvement moment.
0: (laughs)
2: But yeah, guys, um, unless you guys have any other notes for the show, I guess we, we might as well just move right on and we'll cover the green ladder cancel. So I, you know, cause I, I'm most interested now due to circumstance, Joe, I want to start with you.
3: Sure. So again, like I said a minute ago, I think this is a great episode, and it's a better episode than what was originally going to be the pilot, but I think that episode's a better pilot. It's also a good episode, so if you also go on our uh, theory of, would you want to keep watching another episode? The answer is yes, because I've seen episode two also, right? And I did watch this show when it was on. I didn't remember much of it, uh, except for what you mentioned, right? Like the little interludes and everything, and, and the sort of interplay and Stacey Keach. I loved this. This is one of those shows where I was like, I looked it up and it was like, oh, they've done reunions and he's talked about rebooting it and I'm all for it. I feel like these he's characters tried. He's, the, 20 the years later is, would
2: be so fun.
3: Is he, yeah, he said he's tried, right?
2: Yeah. The networks, they never seem to be on the same page.
3: Fuck you, Fox. Give him the rights to it and let him go somewhere. Like let Hulu, let Peacock, let somebody take this on Paramount, whatever one of your streaming networks.
2: If he's able to throw
3: it
1: all on YouTube, he must have some kind of rights.
2: Well, there's some sort of a reunion that they did. Two years ago, it's like a continu- like a kind of a reboot episode that's on YouTube. I didn't. I, I want to watch it now that we've covered this, that's self-funded. I think they had a call like the Titus family. There was some way around it, but that's available. Sorry, Joe, we cut you off before you can finish.
3: No, please. And I was going to say, also in that realm, though, too, like how many more years do we have left of Stacey Keach being alive and still acting, right? Because he's still doing voiceover work and the occasional acting stuff. Like if you're going to do it, you have to strike while the iron's hot, right? It's a sad thing to say, but it's just the nature of life. Um, but all that to say, I fucking loved this. I mean, I went into this episode a little ticked off because of all the work I'd done on the other episode, and I still laughed at it a bunch of times. I laughed so hard when he let the trash can on fire. The interplay between all the characters is great in both episodes. I think this is on YouTube for all the episodes, so I'm definitely going to rewatch all of this. Uh, it didn't feel dated like I thought it would. Uh, it's a green light.
2: Yeah, every episode, again, for those of you listening, every episode's available on YouTube.
0: Gordo. So this is a green light for me. I did feel like the climax leading up to the climax of the episode dragged on just a little bit too long. Like it was almost enough for me to cancel it. But the ending of the show and the way everything wrapped up was so funny and so over the top that it kind of made that slow climb up worth it. So because of the ending and because of all the the people kind of coming out of the woodwork and the trash can being lit on fire and all of that. Like that. I enjoyed the show. Green light.
1: frog. Yeah. Um, green light for me. But if the other episode actually was the televised one, I would have canceled. Interesting. I, I enjoyed it, but it just, I think it would have gotten canceled by you guys too. Just for the reasons why like Gordo canceled grounded for life. I don't, I think, I don't think they perfected the cutaways in that one and stuff, and this one is more of a complete episode with an actual, like, full plot, but that episode didn't really have much of a plot. This episode was really funny. This was more in lines of the show that I loved, so it brought back a lot of memories. I wish it had more of the dad in it, because he really is the best character on the whole show, but you got a lot more of the brother's personality in this one than the second episode too. But yeah, green light. Yeah, and, um...
2: Before I even get into mine, Nick had hit me up ahead of time and didn't even tell the rest of you just in the interest if there was a tiebreaker situation like we had with Grounded for Life and Ferg. Nick is giving it the green light. I don't have any other information other than that, but either way with the three of you, it was already going to be passed. That being said, for myself, I'm right with you guys. I'm going to green light this as well.
3: Five timer club.
2: Tommy's girlfriend stole the show <laughs> with, with that with that <laughs> foot scene. I was dying. I just did not expect that from the episode at all not that the show doesn't have a few faults i thought at times people's reactions weren't quite natural enough like i said erin walking into her office being all messed up and being accused of having an affair didn't seem quite right titus dropping down as soon as she said like well you know maybe i'm going through some stuff the boss announcing to everybody around her that she bought her a teddy like a lot of things didn't seem like this isn't real real life enough but it is a sitcom so to not be too nitpicky i had a lot of fun watching this one I didn't really remember anything about watching the show back when I was younger, but I do enjoy it. And the fact that it's conveniently all available on YouTube, like through him and like clear is um, a good motivator to keep watching it because it's kind of an easy watch. If I have some spare time at work, I could pull it up wherever I'm at. So I'm giving it the green light too. So that being said, that's five out of five. Congratulations to Titus. You live on episode two, which two of you have already watched uh, due to circumstance. Um, But yeah, that's it guys. That's all the time we have for this week. Hey, I win again that's not a game we keep trying to tell you every time you make a pick
1: yeah it's Uh, not a game I win go back and watch baby
3: talk
2: (laughs) yeah keep listening each week guys uh s1e1pod.com is where you can find all the links everywhere you can listen to us please rate, review, subscribe do all that stuff we really appreciate it uh keep interacting with us I, I mention this all the time you can hit us up on Twitter or Instagram we'll get back to you it's been really, really um, humbling and awesome to hear from you guys when you tell us that you, you know, how you found us and you know shows you want us to cover. It does mean a lot. It it puts validation for us and all the work that we put into this. we been getting a lot more lately. It, we really, have, and it's it's awesome. So it means thank a lot. you guys yeah, so it's much. It's great to see. And um, it it forces us to keep going on when we are on tight schedule constraints and everything else. And we we still do our best to get everything out for you guys on time. And that's a big motivator for us. So again, guys, thank you so much. Tune in again next week. We'll have another new episode for you. And that's all the time we have. So thank you. Goodbye.
3: I think we got the best crotch scar. <laughs> <laughs>